welcome to the Terminal Velocity comic book huh, comic book podcast, issue number thirty. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew, and I'm Scott. And each each and every week, we get together and tackle the comic book storylines from the past, present, and sometimes future, and share our thoughts and opinions and reviews of those books. This week, in time for Batman's 80th anniversary and the release of Detective Comics 1000, we discuss Jim Starling and Jim Aparo's Batman: Death in the Family first published in 19, um, November 1988. Uh, on top of that, we'll also take a look at the new releases this week and provide our picks of the week. Um, so yeah, uh, I've been wanting to do this one for quite some time, and uh, it's fitting that it's on Batman's 80th anniversary here, uh, that we're going to tackle Batman Death in the Family, which I think you can agree, Scott, was a pretty defining moment uh not just for us uh, in terms of comics, but uh, for Batman and his overall direction to this day. Yeah, for sure. I've been desperate to get back into this book for a long time. Um, back a few years ago when we were moving houses and different things, I sold off a bunch of my trades. And mm-hmm. foolishly, this was one of the ones that I parted with. And I have been desperately wanting to read it again for a long while. So uh, finally got to read it again and uh, really, really happy that I, I got back into this book. Well, I did. Yeah, uh, I am, you know, like I, I obviously didn't, I didn't read it during its original release, but, uh, you know, a couple of years after, and I was always familiar, uh, if not vaguely, just about what happened in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, you know, having read this again, I, I still think it's as impactful as it was the first time I read it. Oh God, yeah. This was this is uh, one of the first, if not the first, full Batman story that I actually read. It was probably this followed by maybe Year One and then A Dark Knight Returns, um, <laughs> all within that that same range. And this is the one that sticks with me the most. This is the one where I read this, and I was saying to you off air that this is like reading my my childhood Batman again. This is reading childhood, um, and this is this is my Batman. Jim Aparo is the Batman artist. Uh, when I think of Batman from comics as a kid, mm-hmm. that is the costume that I see. That is the style that I see. And when people say the Joker, that's the Joker that I see. I think he was the definitive uh, Bat family artist as well, far as and, I'm concerned. And frankly, uh, a lot of the merchandise growing up seem, it was seemingly based on his versions of these two. Yeah. Um, even for the 89 movie, I would say, like even the Joker that came out for that, it had a very... Uh, a paro joker feel to it well, with the the long face and everything like that on all of the buttons on very on absolutely everything like well that was... i think that was actually that might have been his artwork in that movie um so. and you know even like part of the story like the joker using makeup to conceal that he's you know the, a white and all white and pale like the joker mm-hmm. i'm wondering if um I, like i don't know if Apero originated that concept him and starling or not but uh I mean that I couldn't help but notice as well. Yeah, um, same, same here. So yeah, uh, DC fans were ruthless at this time, apparently, as <laughs> in one nine hundred murder here. Uh, they were it was a giant full page ad saying Robin will die because of the Joker and wants revenge, but you can prevent it with a telephone call. And no. <laughs> and the first number they give you is the Joker fails and Robin lives. Yeah. <laughs> That's some pretty dedicated. Was... They must not have liked uh, Jason Todd. Now, you know, as a Dick Grayson fan, I get that, but I don't even think I would have been that ruthless. No, that it was. I, I was reading it, and I think I took a screenshot and I sent it to you. I was like, Jesus, DC was cold <laughs> back then. 
imagine imagine if they ran uh, a one nine hundred number now to try and see if if they were going to kill off a character. If it was like, if it was like Marvel was like, you know, the Tony Stark is going to die unless you call this phone number and save him. Like, imagine they were going to do something like Hold that. Hold on. Which Tony Stark are we talking about here? Are we talking about Iron Man in the comics or are we talking about Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> you know, I think it would be interesting if they did it for the movie. Because <laughs> it would be two very different results, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, it probably would be. But can you imagine if they were to run a poll like that these days on some of these characters? Yeah, it would, um, it'd most likely know. be on Twitter and it would blow up probably. Yeah. So we'll do a, a quick recap of the comic. And it's a very simple story that plays out over uh, it plays out over four chapters. I think it is. It's like six chapters, but six I believe chapters, it's four, four issues. Yeah. Um, and it's it, there's kind of two stories going on in it. One is Jason Todd is losing it and he's becoming more emotional and more distraught because he hasn't actually been able to uh, deal with the the death of his parents and whatnot. And then he finds out that his mom that he thought was his real mother was actually his adopted mother or his stepmom and his real mother is still alive somewhere. So he kind of sets out on a, on a trail to find her. Meanwhile, the Joker has stolen a nuclear weapon and is willing to sell it to um, just about anybody who's willing to buy it. So Batman is trying to track him down and eventually both paths converge and the unfortunate outcome that the telephone number kind of relates to happens. And, um, and that's pretty much like the, the, the actual crux of the story. So it's a very simple story that was on the go, but uh, it had some fantastic fantastic moments in it just absolutely stellar art and i love the appearance of uh the big blue boy scout in this i love his oh, him yeah. showing up and just inhaling all of this poisonous gas and everything like that and then just just expelling it somewhere we don't know where he did it <laughs> but well, he, he sucks it all in and then flies away and gets that, rid of it but that was one of my favorite parts of the story was just like seeing superman in that capacity um you could feel the Dark Knight, Dark Knight uh, Returns influence of you know Superman being like listening to the government kind of thing. Uh, however, like it, you know, he wasn't ever truly at odds with Batman because they, you know, they both trusted each other enough. Um, but no, it was it's 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 fun to to see those kind of moments. And this was this was also really great. And and one of the things that I remembered as a kid was this was the whole Batman as a detective and Batman, you know, doing all of the the clues leading him down the path to where he has to go on top of him making like the tough decision of realizing that, you know, Robin uh, has taken off to find his mom. But I have to stop the Joker. And what do I do? Do I go after somebody who desperately needs my help or do I go and try and save as many people as I possibly can? And how do I live with the decision either way? See, I enjoyed reading the story from the Batman's inner monologue perspective. I thought it, it reminds me of like, it's everything classic about Batman that I love. Mm-hmm. And like it, 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 just reading it even takes me back to like the old Batman audio tapes that I used to have as a kid, where it would be like <laughs> being read to you, yeah. uh, as you follow along in the comic. And like, it, I, I, of course, that's the voice I'm hearing when I when I'm reading it because it's the same era. Right. Um, I enjoyed like just even like the him talking to Alfred, you know, discussing 
you know, have I screwed up here, Alfred? Like this kid's kind of, he's got issues, man. And I don't know if being Robin is a, is a great idea for him. Yeah. I think I made a mistake doing this. Don't you? (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's, yeah, it's a more, it's a more human Batman. It's it's a fallible Batman and it's, I think it works better than what we, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Tom King run. I love, uh, Snyder, some of Snyder's Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily not like how Batman is portrayed right now, but this was a much, this was a much more human, a much more relatable Batman. And, you know, saying that as a huge comic nerd, obviously like it's, it's highfalutin to say he was much more human this way, but it was, you could at least understand the motivations of why they wrote the character like this. And it makes me really wish that we had a return to this kind of Batman. Well, I kind Not of on, I, like on top of the detective, but on top of just like also the the whole, you know, he does second guess himself and he knows when he's made mistakes. And, um, you know, he, talking a lot about I made this decision. I could tell I just know in my gut that this was the wrong thing to do, but still still kind of going with it. I well, thought you're, it was you're talking powerful. about a time when Bruce Wayne and Batman were considered a whole being. It wasn't like, like yeah. Bruce is just a facade and he's truly Batman on the inside. Like, it, um, there's a place and time for those kind of stories. And it's like when you're telling like an identity crisis type story where, mm-hmm. you know, you're questioning your yourself. Um, this, <laughs> not this, the identity crisis that we talked about. No, no, not, not, not the series. <laughs> uh, I mean, in the literal sense of having an identity crisis. Um, but I, I have to say that I think that why, why Tom King and, you know, uh, Scott Snyder's Batman is as enjoyable as it is, is that it's kind of taken a step back toward this. Mm-hmm. Prior to this and post this story is like where we had the birth of Bat Dick, where he's just a dick to everybody, and yeah. it's literally stems from this storyline. Which you know, for better or worse, that's what happened. Is like they they wanted a darker, grittier Batman, and you know, like the it's in response to, to the Batman movies where he's, he's basically a killer, mm-hmm. uh, all in black, um, which it's fine. Like that it's different generations of Batman, but I certainly like when Bruce is a complete person, like you said, recognizes his own flaws, but also recognizes his own prowess. Yeah. And, uh, I just like seeing his methodology while he, while he's on a case. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss the hell out of this costume, especially the gold emblem. And I'm hoping because the way it was so heavily featured in uh, Detective 1000 that we're going to see like (laughs) see a return soon. I really hope so, because like I say, when I picture Batman, people say Batman and instantly this is the costume that I picture. Well, it's the modern stuff. This is the one that I picture. It's iconic. Like it's time to move away from the year one look of everything like where. I get like in year one when he's not established, but now Batman is a known entity. Like mm-hmm. you might as well have your, your emblem. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, they alluded to it in the Morrison run. It's the target, you know, and it was, it's like you say already, it's in detective 1000 in every single shot of, of that one storyline. It's that's, what's getting hit by everybody because that's where he wants them to focus. He yeah. wants them to focus on that because he doesn't have any powers. So he needs he needs that that attention to be drawn where he needs it. And goddamn, it is just a killer, killer costume. Robin costume remains one of the dumbest costumes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, still, I still like the pixie costume better than the re- reimagined original costume they got going on now. 
I like the Tim Drake costume. That's the the definitive Robin costume for yeah, sure. That that's kind of like the 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 best costume. Um, but yeah, for Batman, this is just absolutely killer. And it's maybe I'm just nostalgic for <laughs> like the costumes from when I was younger. But I really I want to see them get back to some of these things. And like it and doesn't bring... have to be as light colored blue as it is here. But like just even just this this style, like it yeah, just, it works. I don't know. And, I like the the other thing that I like, and this one's probably, um, you know, up for debate amongst a lot of people. But I like the the thinner looking superheroes. I don't like them looking like big, gigantic, bulky guys. I think it makes more sense <laughs> to have them look more human, um, more human, more athletic, um, like that kind of Olympic athlete type of look to them, not necessarily just gigantic bodybuilder. Yeah. sizes because it's not realistic that they'd be able to move in the way that they they draw them um but at least in this kind of shape you see the you you could see somebody moving a little bit more like this no i agree with that i i think that it would be um i mean again it's it's down to art style and art preference but i i think it makes more sense yeah. um so in terms of the story, like, how do you want to do you want to talk about it beat for beat? Or do you think we should leave that for the audience to read on their own? I think they can we can um, leave that for the audience for on their own. But I'd love to talk about some of the, the major moments in it. OK. Um, I mean, there there's obviously three <laughs> pivotal ones that we could talk about with uh, with Jason Todd specifically finding out, you know, his mom wasn't his mom and that his his real mother quote unquote real mother um was still alive uh and then trying to track them down uh, specifically when they tracked down lady shiva i mm-hmm. thought that was an interesting thing because she she lays a pretty serious beat down on batman and just completely wipes out robin I mean, well there's a reason she's lady shiva right like yeah it, like she's in part responsible for batman's training in genesis right and mm-hmm. also when his back was broken she also was part of his rehabilitation right um so <laughs> yeah uh i mean and then later on you know she she's kind of like one of those um gray area characters where like she's not exactly a villain but she's not a hero either um yeah. i mean i believe she even served a time as part of the birds of prey at one point yeah um yeah, and she's not necessary. She's not even an anti-hero. You just like she doesn't just, fit any of those categories. She's, she's kind of um, just in it for herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. So it was like seeing them track that. Like I can't talk about it enough about how much I I just enjoyed the, you know, taking this clue to this clue to this clue to this clue and just moving it down the 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 trail. It was just so enjoyable to get back into a Batman like this. Um. So yeah, the the whole Lady Shiva fight I thought was really neat. Uh, what did you think of? I mean, I also want to talk about the fact of there was some fairly blatant racist writing yeah. <laughs> in in the book from the time, um, you know, dealing with Iran and terrorists and everything like that. Like it's it's very much written in a time. So if that will bother you. Um, you know, you might want to avoid that. And I don't want to be callous about it because it is it is something that uh, existed and it is kind of still perpetrated in a lot of different media right now. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with it. 
but it, it was a point in the story that kind of works its way down and down to the Joker becoming like this was this was one of those things where I was like only in comic books would this happen comic books and really crappy um, soap operas does the Joker get turned into a UN ambassador for any nation and then yeah. get invited to the UN and everybody's both excited and scared that he's there. Like <laughs> that was one point where I was reading and I was like, Oh my God. Now come had, on. Le- had lethal weapon two come out yet at that point. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll look that up. Let me look that up. You, you keep talking and I'll look that up. Just because of the whole diplomatic immunity thing, I couldn't help but think of Lethal Weapon 2 when, like, the South African uh, diplomat is like, diplomatic immunity! Like, I just... Yeah. I, I had to... It I was had a to, year later. This came out a year later, or Lethal Weapon was Lethal a year Lethal Weapon later? 2 came out a year later. Oh, wow. Maybe the writers of that had read this comic. Maybe, yeah, because diplomatic immunity seems to get tossed around, like it does in all media right now, as a carte blanche... <laughs> You know, you, you can, can do, do whatever you please. <laughs> <laughs> not how reality works in case somebody out there is thinking that they could get away with something. That's I don't not, know. I, not exactly I don't know. how it works. <laughs> I don't know about international law exactly, but I'm fairly certain the UN might have drawn the line <laughs> at allowing a country to, to appoint someone as homicidal as the Joker, as yeah. their ambassador. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just like the fact that <laughs> this is very propaganda uh ish there when it gets that crazy finale yeah. where he's you know the ambassador for iran and they would hire him solely to, to attack the u.n assembly yeah um yeah that could be a, that could be construed as uh, offensive and racist yeah i, I pretty easily <laughs> construed that way um it, it was one of those things where at one point he referred like arab terrorists and that kind of thing and you just kind of go oh Right. Time and place. That This is where this one comes from. Well, you know, everyone, like Robin referring to the guy as Abdullah or Abdul or whatever, and it's like, yeah. oh boy. Yeah, it, there was some, some things in there that you can just tell, but um, so outside of, outside of <laughs> that, um, what did you think of, I'm just trying to think of what other, like, big moments that I really enjoyed in it. That There was a couple pages and i won't lie i did skim over them uh i think it was in the the later books it might have been in book four no okay. book three i think it was in book three because that's the one um that's one where batman actually finds the body where it gave you a recap of everything that had happened up until that point yeah. and that was the one where i was like okay i appreciate the summary for the brand new readers but i've just read 60 70 some odd pages i think i'm <laughs> i think i can skip these eight <laughs> yeah and just I, get back I mean to I, I read them and you didn't miss anything by skipping it um i will say let, let's go to the 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 pinnacle moment you know robin decides to intervene mm-hmm. uh with like he thinks his mother's in danger and and he's not wrong but she's actually ready to double cross him because she's she's a, piece she's, of shit. she's a shady person she left her kid not for the most uh, purest reasons as she kind of implied. Um, so she double crosses him and basically serves him up to the Joker. And mm-hmm. this is like one of this is like this. It's like six panels of just the Joker just pummeling right. him with the with the crowbar. It's like yeah. that well, is some dark stuff, man. And this was this is also just to let all the listeners know this is on the heels of a Killing Joke 
where they brought the killing joke into continuity. And so like everybody's already after the Joker because of what he did to Jim, Jim Gordon and Barbara Gordon. Um, and so this is just continuing the brutality of the Joker as he's, yeah, like you say, just with his, with his fantastically drawn over-exaggerated smile and super long face, just wailing and the, the panels slowly start to turn a little bit more red and he's just wailing on Robin. Wow. That's start. I didn't realize killing joke was March of that same year. Yeah. So yeah, that's brutal. DC man. Yeah. DC went dark really fast with some. And of again, that, stuff. and you know, the killing jokes, another one of my favorite Batman artists, Brian Boland. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that yeah, like I say, this uh, so it was the Killing Joke, um, uh, a Death in the Family, Year One, a Dark Knight Returns. These were these were the books of my of my Batman childhood. <laughs> so I, I'll I'll let the I'll let the listeners construe how, what the kind of impact that maybe had on me. But those were the books that I read, and this along with the Killing Joke are two of my all time favorites, right. and. I was so happy to read this again and not be disappointed like I have been in other stories as of late. Um, this was this was like this was just a walk down memory lane. This was this lives up to all the hype and everything that it was. And it's really disappointing that after the the impact that this kind of book had that they brought back the character of Jason Todd. And I, I understand. was literally about to say that exact same thing. I was just thinking, what a shame. That they brought him back because I was thinking about Detective Comics 1000. And he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, do you think Batman's gonna kick me out of the family?" I was like, "Ugh, why is he back?" Yeah, why were he you part of anything? You should he, go away. He doesn't. <laughs> and I'm looking at this panel. The Joker has just finished beating him, and he's covered in blood. His hands are drenched mm-hmm. in blood. The crowbar's covered. You know, and then this is such a heroic end to Ro- a Robin too. Like it's just yeah. cheap in the character to bring him and ba- bring him back. Yeah, because not even... to say not to say I didn't enjoy the story, the premise of Under the Hood, but like it just it it does cheapen this a little bit. Yeah, like he uh, may have been he may have been a loathed character and absolutely despised by everybody that was reading him at the time, and that would be because a couple of editorial, you know, making him go that way. Yeah, because um, originally characters... he was kind of just a, a Dick Grayson clone. Yeah. Until Crisis on Infinite Earths did the reset. In the reset, they made Jason uh, retroactively kind of a dick. Yeah, because I was going to say, this is the same. I'm fairly certain Jason Todd is also the one that's in the Superman, um, what do you get the for the man that has everything story? Probably, um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's the same one. And in that one, it's much more of a, you know, classic Robin G. Willikers, like that kind of <laughs> feel to him. Um but yeah, this, I mean, even, even after being betrayed by his mom, um, you know, feeling betrayed by Batman and everything like this for so long, he still puts himself in front of this woman that he's just met for the first time to protect her from the bomb blast for all the good that it'll do. He still sacrifices himself in that way. Like it was still, even for a crappy character that everybody hated, it was still written like he gets the heroes. You know, he gets he did the right thing at the last moment. So it was yeah, it, it just it's so annoying that they brought the character back for two reasons. One, because they continued the shitty Jason Todd attitude. And two, um, because you, you can't just let somebody sacrifice themselves. 
Yeah, it's like ever since Hal Jordan came back, you can't let any and Bucky came back and then Jason and Jason Todd. Like, you, nothing, nothing sticks now. No, nothing. Um, and I, I was about to say even Uncle Ben, but I mean he's had so many flashbacks and returns from alternate dimensions that like <laughs> it even cheapens that whole situation too. Very much so. Yeah, um, it's it's it is a shame that that's what they did. Um. Because it just, I don't know. Like it's just critical. Like you look at these panels, and you got the timer, the bomb going down. He start. They're trying to get out, and then it ends with the mother going, "Oh no, he's locked the do- He locked us in." And it's like oh. they just know that they're doomed at that moment. Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, I mean, that said, it you know this critical story then led to us gaining what the one of the arguably best robins which is tim drake um yes but he see and dc screwed that character too you know tim drake his introduction and even in this trade it's got the issues that kind of build up lead up to that happening he's not a robin born out of tragedy which i thought was a new interesting take he's a robin who's choosing to be a hero Mm -hmm. just because he's got the skill and he realizes batman has a need for balance right yeah um there is a final page in this trade that's cool where there was an alternate page if um had the 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 readers um voted to save him it has the same you know shot of batman holding the body but he's looking up happy and he's like he's alive thank god and he's rushing him to to get aid Yes, I, I wanted to talk about that. There's there is somewhere in the the annals of DC they've got the other printed cover. Um, I, I would I would love to have seen how the story would have played out it, it, had the votes gone slightly differently. Well, and, it would it'd be interesting to see how Batman as a whole would have gone. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way to really project that. But no, this was. A, d- a definitive moment for the character in so many ways that Batman would probably be unrecognizable, you know, in terms of how we see it now. Yeah. Yeah. They they would have come up with another reason for why he goes so dark. <laughs> I'm sure, but it would have been. The death of Alfred. Not that they haven't tried. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> like, I think every few years something happens to Alfred. It's, a few years ago, he lost a hand. It's just back now, which is good. That very weird, convoluted way of re- reattaching it. But. <laughs> it's a very strange, strange storylines. The but, stakes uh, have never been higher until they're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more I could say about the book. I, I thoroughly loved going back to this. It like free, Same for me. It was going back to my childhood Batman and reminds me what I love about the character. Um, I wish we see more of this going forward and, you know, not necessarily lightening of the character, but like just allowing him to be a whole person. Yeah. Um, because you, you can be different. You can have trauma in your life that kind of sets you on your path, but you don't have to be fully defined by it. It doesn't make you a less interesting character. Um, I think that Batman can have a semblance of a life and happiness and still be Batman. And I think that's the, the essay that Tom King's Batman is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that ends up being resolved. But in terms of death, uh, death in the family, um, what a, a critical story, uh, 
that kind of defines Batman for the for a generation, basically. Um, it's Batman's greatest failure. Uh, that one that he's not fully over, even with the return of Jason Todd. No. And um, I, yeah, I just hope we go back to that costume. <laughs> so do I. I. I'm just looking at all the pages again, just scrolling through, and I would love to see this Batman in print again. This is just. It's just such the classic. Like it's just Batman. Like I don't know. The emblem, the cowl. It just it looks so cool. It looks so cool, and I love when Superman shows up and he punches him, and he nearly breaks his hand. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think I broke a few knuckles. And then Superman, as Superman's a dick, he's like, no, but they're badly bruised. Yeah, no, they're bruised, but <laughs> you're lucky I rolled with it. <laughs> like, oh man, it's just so good. Yeah. So I yeah, I I agree with you. I think this is everybody this is a 5 out of 5 for me. Yeah, this is 5 out of 5. Everybody should read this. This should be in everyone's collection as far as I'm concerned. Whether you like superhero comics or not, this is this should be in your collection. And okay. if you can get any original art from this series, like goddamn you and good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely fantastic. The, the, yeah. They don't they don't they don't really make many comics like this anymore. And those that do are getting all the praise because of it. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Okay. So um I'm gonna say we'll take this time now to kind of move on to our our picks of the week. Um but before we do our, our reveals, uh is it did you wanna talk about Batman or sorry, Detective Comics one thousand at all or is that you know, or do you have a purpose for talking about that as your number one? <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about it because uh, no spoilers. It is my pick of the week. Um, <laughs> I did read a, a few other books. I read uh, Black Science 39, which was very close. Black Science is an absolutely fantastic series. I think we're going to cover um, one of the, vol- the this series at some point uh, mm-hmm. on the cast. Um it's very complicated and, and really hard to to kind of give a good synopsis of. Think think sliders, but more grown up and a lot more bad things happen continuously because of the main character. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it's very much a sliders meets Quantum Leap meets um, Mad Max meets just every shitty decision that you could possibly make um, coming back to bite you in the ass. It's 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 a fantastic series. Um, Spider-Man number 18, uh, X-Force number five, Black Hammer, Age of Dune number nine, Flash 67. I wouldn't mind talking about that one a little bit. Uh, um, Heroes in Crisis, obviously, we're probably going to end up talking about. And then uh, Action Comics 1009. But yeah, like I say, Detective Comics 1000. Um, It was probably about halfway through reading the book that I realized like, okay, this has to be my pick of the week. Um, not only cause it's the 80th anniversary, not only because it's, it's, it was 96 pages. Um, but it was after having read a death in the family, um, reading some of this, a lot of some of what was in here had the same feel as, as what I was enjoying so much from a death in the family. You had the opening story of him being a detective, tracking down all the clues, um, finding his, um, finding out the guild of detectives type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you had the the Kevin Smith storyline about the emblem, which I thought was just really, really good. Um, I'm going to flip through and see if I can find some other ones. Did I liked, I liked the Bendis Maliv, uh, short in there with the penguin and, and yes, I wanted to talk about that one. That one was, that was, I think one of my, it was, it was specifically that storyline that I was on as I was reading it, and I was like, oh, shit, this is definitely going to be my pick. So and let me ask you a question, because I know we've talked about Maliv before. Yeah. And you weren't so hot on it. How would you feel about Maliv doing a run on Batman with Bendis? I, I still wouldn't be for it. I'll really? Eh? Oh, wow. Okay, fair enough. I, I liked it as a short. I like it as a backup. I don't know that I would like a full um, a full book going that way um but yeah just having and i I appreciate the fact that cobblepot looks like danny devito (laughs) Um, it was very much the tim burton um look on him but uh yeah that that was a really good storyline um i will admit i wasn't so hot on the uh the christopher priest and neil adams story yeah, I I was actually thinking the same thing, to be honest. I wasn't kind of not digging it. I wasn't big on that one. I wasn't big on the Leslie Thompson one. Um, I didn't like how she shouted. Like, it's, it's so so nitpicky, but I was like, why is she shouting his name out to the, in front of the, the thugs? Yeah, that took me off guard. And then the fact that she looked more like Aunt May than Leslie Tompkins that I can <laughs> think of. Like, it, that kind of pulled me out. Um, yeah. As always, when there's so many stories, I did really enjoy the one. What's this guy? I'm just looking through the the Newt Brody storyline, the Paul Dini uh, story about the oh, yeah. the low level hug that thug that keeps screwing up everybody's plans. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked that one. Um, yeah, that was goofy. Yeah. Um, and, as we said, the the one that had Jason Todd in it. Um, that was Tom King's, um, the the last story Tom King wrote in here. Yeah. Um, it's like that was just like a gathering of like the the Bat family, like everyone basically, despite yeah. the status of them in continuity, getting all together on the rooftop mm-hmm. for a family photo. <laughs> um, which I thought, okay. Symbolically, I get what they were going for. It didn't totally land with me. I yeah. did like the um. And I know I'm going through this kind of story by story and it's going to be kind of boring for some of our listeners, but the Jeff Johns last crime in Gotham storyline with Kelly Jones art. um, I did like that. The art wasn't the strongest in every single story, but um, I think, and I'm not so sold on this Arkham Knight that's going to be showing up in the storyline. I'll wait and see how that looks, but you know, yeah. just as a whole, there was a lot of there was a lot in here that reminds you of what you like about Batman and what's so cool about Batman. And in almost all of the stories, you get to revisit some component of his rogue gallery. And Batman is one of those characters that just has always had the best villains in comics. I agree. Um, so it's always worthwhile to check that out. So. I, a strong recommendation, I think, for anybody that that likes Batman is just to check out Detective 1000. And I happen to have the uh, the Frank Cho cover art one that oh, has okay. all the Batman from the different eras That's in cool. it. Yeah, cool. I, 
I really like that cover, so I had to get that one. I picked up the standard one. I um, uh, I guess it's Jim Lee. Yeah. With him holding the Joker. Um, yeah, no, it was a very good love letter uh, to to Batman, and, and it That's is a like kind of, of a good re- good reminder of what's come before and a little tease of what's to come. Um, I'm not so hyped on the Arkham Knight stuff and like that. That yeah. story alone was enough for me to kind of not pick this as my pick of the week. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not hating on it. Like I enjoyed reading it, um, but I'm, no. I'm not. I'm never. I'm honestly not usually a huge fan of kind of anniversary issue stories because it doesn't advance the plot. <laughs> mm. uh, and you know, like I've been around for a number of these anniversaries now, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm normally not a big fan of them. Um, like you say, sometimes some things land better than others. And if they don't continue a current storyline or they introduce a Rogel Czar type character, um, which is what I'm worried about. Which is then, Arkham Knight. Maybe Rogel Czar and, and, and Arkham Knight can team up. Yeah, maybe. Because it, it, it's very much a, oh, let's make a, let's make a, a, um, a villain that's just the opposite of the hero that has a lot of the similar powers, but just slightly different and <laughs> like those kind of things get tired real fast um i think the the only story that i would have enjoyed to read in here um and i think it's because of what i'm reading in the current justice league stuff but i really would have liked to have seen a batmite um story somewhere in here i'm a little surprised there wasn't one to be honest uh, just because of of that, it would have been really cool to have uh, a bat might show up and and kind of play some of the the havoc and and that kind of thing. I think it would have been fun. Perhaps he's gonna show up in the sixth dimension story, so I like that's a little too much. Maybe, maybe it, it was really cool. It was one of my one of the things I liked about the whole uh, Emperor Joker storyline from all those years ago. Uh-huh. Um, the fact that Mixa Pitlick and and Batmite were involved in it because of their obsessions with the both the characters um mm-hmm. anyway that was that was that was probably the one thing that i was kind of like oh <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I really wanted to see that but uh yeah detective comics 1000 that's that's my pick of the week okay well i'm not gonna reveal my pick just yet um because I, I did see that you wanted to talk about flash 67 um, I will briefly mention that i i've read about 12, 11 books this week um you know, all the standard ones that you mentioned, but I also read Fantastic Four, I read X-Force, Batgirl, uh, Daredevil, uh, I did read Black Hammer, Action Comics, um, which I do want to briefly talk to you about as well, and I'd like to talk about Amazing Spider-Man 18, Um, but Flash 67, this was actually kind of so I'm going to say that I didn't hate any books this week. Uh, everything was, I found, mostly just good. Not great. Um, Flash is at the bottom of my list this week. So I'm kind of curious to hear what, you're, what you have to say. My big thing on this one is, one, it feels a lot like a Jeff Johns Mirror Dimension storyline that already <laughs> happened. And the second thing is... Um, it feels like they're trying really hard to make the trickster the Joker. Um, and I know he's always been kind of a ripoff of the Joker type character, mm-hmm. but I just, I, I, I don't know that, it, that this kind of representation of one of his rogues is landing for me. Not that I enjoy the teenage punk that's running around 
pretending to be the trickster. I, like the sooner we get rid of that character, the better. Um, <laughs> but I just never thought of the trickster um, like this James Jesse or whatever um, being really all that meaty uh, as a character. So I'm really, I'm really having a hard time kind of grasping what's going on in this story. Well, I'm getting a worry that he's gained access to one of these forces or something. Cause I'm not enjoying that element of the flash. <laughs> yeah. If he has, and that's going to really kill it for me. That's going to be really, really hard to swallow. Again, it feels like a filler story to get to year one. Yeah, and I'm already I'm already having a hard time digesting what year one's going to be like. I have worries about that storyline, um, and I think I've mentioned that one as soon as we saw the the headlines of yeah. that coming out. Um, I am happy to see some of the leaked art that Howard Porter is doing. I think some his, of his best art to date. I I, yeah. I think that tops his. You know, because the story with Howard, uh, Howard Porter is that he actually had an injury in, in his hand, that, his drawing hand, and for a while wasn't sure he was ever going to be able to draw again. And he slowly worked his way up, and I think he's now producing, especially when I saw that artwork, I, I think he's producing some of the best he's ever produced. Yeah, I, it looks really fantastic. So it's giving me a little bit more hope, but I've got I've still got concerns about what the actual story is going to be. I don't want to relive a rehashing of his origin. Um, oh, we're getting a full six issues of that, sir. I know, I know. Um, right down so, to the makeshift costume and rollerblades or whatever is. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm just. I'm not going to lie. The Flash is kind of, I'm on the verge of dropping it. Um, it's not that it's bad, but it's not, it hasn't been great in a long while since Flash War, basically. Yeah. And now that the the nonsense that's going on with Wally too, and I'm kind of getting tired of Barry whining about losing Wally and how he's not the fastest anymore. Now he's, in fact, he's getting slower, he says. And yeah. I'm just like, what? Like, this isn't what I want to read. Like, so, I don't yeah. know. I know it's 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 a hard one to swallow, but that that's really just what I wanted to talk about and kind of get your opinion <laughs> on on what what you were thinking of this whole uh, reintroduction of of James who's turn, Jesse. James Jesse the trickster who's turning out to be like the kingpin of all the rogues, um, the one that they all seem to be like, or that seems to be behind so many things. Like it's just I never been never been a fan. It's not winning me over. That's my yeah. quick synopsis there. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Batgirl number 30, uh, 33 finally explains some, uh, the revelations of uh, Batman Who Laughs number three. Uh, okay. Where have you, are you up to date with Batman Who Laughs? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you know how like suddenly James Gordon Jr. is like on some program and, yeah. and good and not like not murderous anymore. Well, this issue is like, takes place before batman who laughs number three and it's like it just shows that he got on this program that comes out of nowhere still isn't fully explained barbara's not happy about it gordon already knows about it um so i'm like at least continuity is acknowledging it and it gives us some semblance of the batman who laughs is in fact in continuity which is a whole other can of worms to yeah. to talk about um Especially when you try to lump it in together with Tom King's Batman and then the Batman and, and Detective. Like, they're just playing fast and loose with continuity these days. Batman is DC's um, Wolverine. 
where he was <laughs> in like 15 books at one time and all sorts of shit was happening and yeah. none of it seemed to have any repercussions on any, on any of the other things. It's very, it's very strange. Um, I read Shazam number, uh, number four, uh, you know, it was all right, but again, I would, I would just say that I, I, it's another book I'm on the edge or on the fence with. I gave it three um, issues. I gave it three issues. And I just, after the last one, I was like, this is too Pinocchio for me. I, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it hasn't really changed from there. It shows a little few of the other, other lands like Tawny, Tonky Tawny or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. And he's introduced, but there's no, it's very, very half baked. Like it's just very slow moving. But then uh, Black Adam shows up right at the uh, right at the end, saying, "What have you done now, Billy Batson, or whatever?" And he's so I'm like, "Okay, maybe this will kind of ground it, pull it a little more." I hope so. The, uh, It'll my... ground. Like I get it being child friendly, but like, come on, like it's if it exists in the same world, it's got to have. But it's child friendly that relies on you having a knowledge of who all these characters are and some of their backstory. Yeah, it's very much a continuation of whatever the new Fifty Two established uh, for Shazam, which I'm it's not familiar. So with. confusing. It's so confusing. I, I kind of don't like that the whole family has powers. Like it kind of diminishes Billy, for my mm-hmm. in my opinion. But um, that's all I really have to say about that. Wonder Woman is decent. Nothing great. Uh, action comics. Ordering some interesting territory there with his technology at the end, mm-hmm. turning him into a Hispanic man. I'm like, um, yeah, this this felt too Lois and Clark to me. This was something straight out of the Terry Hatcher kind of days. And I was like, Dean Kane, Terry Hatcher, like, oh, let's go undercover. Yeah. I'm, I was like, come on. Like, Superman doesn't need to go undercover. Like, I don't uh and it's an established identity. Apparently, they've infiltrated Spiral before. Apparently, yeah. So I'm like, oh, like yeah. this was this, is this was like so kind of this was, well, it, it, it's almost a moment for me to kind of drop the book. And the thing is, I enjoyed the story up until that moment. Yeah, I was enjoying it too. And then when they kept saying the name, I was like, no, no, don't do this. Let's not do this. <laughs> And then you get the end page and I was like, no, you're doing this and it's all wrong. Like you should know after you've written that issue that no, this was not, this is not where well, we should be. I read an this. article that Bendis actually wanted it to not be Kryptonian technology, but just a power that Superman has. That he can just shapeshift? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, like, for... if that's the, if that, I'm like, no. I usually like Bendis, but when he goes off the rails, it's always horrible. <laughs> and uh when I'm it's get, a train wreck it's i'm getting wreck. nervous i'm getting very nervous i'll just put it that way rogels are and now this so i'm kind of like Ugh. Yeah. but at least we got clarification that leviathan at least in terms of what the dc universe believes it is the talia al ghul organization mm-hmm. but uh you know she's saying we're on the same side so it may not be the same they're using the name leviathan but it may not be her leviathan yeah so I like that that was acknowledged. I, th- I um, thought you'd appreciate when I read that one. I was like, I appreciate that. I think Andrew's going to appreciate the fact that they're tying up that loose end. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't have just two. Le- like you can have two Leviathans, but at least acknowledge that the other one existed. Yeah. Um, Black Hammer Age of Doom was solid entry. Uh, it's kicking up. It's picking up again. So I'm kind of curious to see where that's going to go uh, in terms of where this storyline overall is going to go. So um but I like that Black Hammer is back 
is back again and yeah. the robot uh, Taki is back. It continues to be one of those series that I just love. Yeah, it's, it's solid. Yeah. Um, now we can't, uh, I, sorry, I, I have three more books that I want to talk about, <laughs> which include my pick of the week. Okay. Um, so I'll be brief. Uh, Spy- Amazing Spider-Man number 18, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a little nervous uh, about the whole Craven Ro- robot things. I guess that's what Arcade was working on for him. Yeah, when I read my again, my eyes rolled so hard in my head when it was virtual reality robots that were being controlled. Yeah. I mean, it fits Arcade, it really does. But yeah, oh, it's a hard one to swallow. But I'm still, I still really enjoy it, and I was very happy to see Taskmaster take out uh, Red Ant. I was waiting for it the whole Black. So Ant. was uh, I. Was Black waiting, Ant, sorry. I was waiting for it because I'm like, he's an animal. He's a part of the animal kingdom. Like, there's yeah. no way. So, um, that. yeah, and uh, you know, they they allude, they finally brought back that weird uh, insect guy that's stalking mm-hmm. Peter Parker's life that the underworld seems to know about. And I like uh, that they acknowledge the whole thing um, from Craven's last time, where yeah. yeah, Mary Jane just kills a rat in the apartment and the dancing <laughs> and the dancing, but decides not to decides not to go dancing this time and decides not to kill the insect that's in her place um so personal growth sir yeah you actually saw some growth in the character that's actually what i enjoyed about it i was like wow it's a small moment but it's effective i kind of also think that he uh nick spencer's uh setting up like a love triangle here with black cat because they've brought back the fact that she now has unresolved feelings towards peter now that she knows his identity yeah, they might. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what they're what they're doing there. I'm still a proponent of you know Peter and MJ, but like yeah, this, I, is, I this, think is, this is the the you know this is what he's got to work with. So I'm kind of curious to see what he's going to do with it. Yeah, it continues to be one of my favorites. I think I think Spider Man's still one of the best books that Marvel's got for sure. Just for consistency. Um, now this brings us down to one that is my pick of the week and one that is not even clo- is not. Well, I can't say not even close. It's it's in the middle of my list, but uh, Heroes in Crisis number uh, what is it number seven? Mm-hmm. What did you think? <laughs> I I really liked it. Um, I'm a little bit torn on how I feel about Wally being his own death thing. <laughs> um, I don't really. I I can't really tell whether that was. It was an, first of all. Very interesting power that he's able to use the speed force to bring back wilted flowers. Um and well, kind he of resurrected poison ivy, right? Did... Um He kind of resurrected her, didn't he? Uh, I didn't take it as that. I thought that was him building Linda. Oh, because I thought um just because well, one, poison ivy's all green again, so I I took it that she is now like that's her just be reborn basically. Oh, maybe I'll have to read it again, but it was an interesting display of the powers, but it's there. It's relying very heavily on the fact that he's the body they've got is a body from outside of time. So I, I think it's true. Wally West is dead. I don't think Wally West is actually dead right now though. I don't think, I think it's one of these ones like what happened in the flash TV show where they've grabbed a, a Wally from out of time and if like whatever's happened has happened to that Wally, but our Wally is still alive. 
I think is what's actually happened here. Now, whether he killed himself is left to be seen, but I don't think he's killed the rest of the heroes. And if, if by God, they turn him into a villain that killed other people, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I honestly have no fucking clue. Sorry, my language. No, <laughs> no idea where this story is going. And it, it's, it's not in a good way for me. Uh, I'm kind of like, none of this makes fucking sense. No, it, it's getting very confusing. I am, I'm very desperate to see how it all plays out. I'm still really enjoying it. Um, and I know that I didn't realize that Wally would be the linchpin of the entire storyline. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, so it's, it looks like it's poison ivy. He grows out of this flower. Okay. It's like a, it's like a plant woman with red hair. Oh, see, I couldn't tell the hair. I thought it was just the the plant thing, and he, it was his representation of of uh, Linda because he was bringing her back to kind of, even though she's not necessarily dead because she still exists in this reality. Yeah, it's just no, his kids. I, this looks like poison ivy. It's not an Asian woman. It's it's literally a green plant woman with red hair. Okay. Um, and I don't really understand it. Exactly, and then, you know, Barbara Gordon is kind of not acting entirely herself. No. Yeah, it's just very strangely written, and then this double Wallies, which we kind of knew was coming from the cover mm-hmm. of the next issue, and like, I don't know. And it, it, for me, it's getting it's getting old a little fast, and I, I'm hoping the payoff really delivers in the next two issues, because I feel like Again, this didn't need to be nine issues. This yeah. this could have easily been five or six. Depending on how it wraps up. And it was originally supposed to be at least one issue less, right? Yeah, um, I think it was at least... Uh, it was supposed to be... I think it was eight. S- seven issues, actually. Okay, so it's two longer than it, it was originally planned. So once we get the, the final conclusion... Um, I'll have um, more feelings about whether just how long this, this feels, but I mean, the art, you can't go wrong with the art. Oh, um, it's fantastic. It's absolutely killer. And the, the beginning with the heroes in crisis logo on the big splash page with Wally standing there and all the flowers and stuff like it is phenomenally drawn and it's, it is very well written, but I agree with you. I have no, no real idea what is happening. Um, and how this is actually going to, I just, I cling to the hope that Wally isn't really dead. And while I acknowledge Wally is dead, I don't, one of these, you know, the king is dead, long live the king. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that he's still around out there. For me, Wally West has been dead a very long time. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've come to terms with it at this point. I, I what I'm reading. I'm still in denial. <laughs> what I'm reading is not, it's not Wally West. <laughs> No, no. It, it's like what they did to Kyle when they brought Hal Jordan back. He's just kind of a facsimile of himself. He's not really the character you read for 20 years. Like, yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I'm not like on the verge of like, oh fuck this story. I'm not going to read it. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> I, but I, it is irritating me at this point. I'm, I'm like, get to the fucking point. Just enough already. Just tell me what the hell's going on. Well, it, you know what? I read this and then I couldn't help but think of the silent issue of Batman. And like, I'm just like, no, I'm sorry. I'm, maybe I'm too lowbrow for this and I just don't understand the greater meaning. Uh, I'm pretty intuitive. So I pick up on a lot of things. This is just 
buying your own your own fucking aroma or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like you're a good writer, but like, come on, just get to the point at this point. Like, I don't need more poetry. I do want to. I I do want them just to get to okay, what it is that actually happened, and then let's get the resolution. Well, so that at this point, on. at this point, I feel like there's no real case to solve here. It's just like okay, we'll get the reveal, and then it'll be over. Yeah, it doesn't feel like anybody's been working this case, to no. be honest. So I, I totally understand that point <laughs> of view. So I'm like, where, okay, it's a murder mystery. Where's the where's the where's where's the the solving the case? Anyways, yep. <laughs> so that leads me to my my pick of the week, and I've now I've held the listeners ransom here uh, to the very end. Um, but. Uh, for me, it was Daredevil number three. Again, Daredevil has yeah. topped my list. Uh, I don't know whatever Chip Zdarsky is doing, but he is—he's writing the right uh, the right uh, recipe for me. Nice. Uh, it's Daredevil, like I I like Matt Murdock's in in the dumps as usual, and he's got to find himself uh, find his way out of it. Uh, this current issue, uh, he's been shot, and he's actually arrested by the cop that's been pursuing the last two issues. Um, Kingpin uh, is fully basking in it, but he actually has nothing to do with the 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 framing of Matt Murdock here. Uh, so he's kind of like, for years I've I've uh, written the script of this guy's like life, and now uh, I finally get to just watch. So he's just he's just kind of enjoying the downfall of Matt Murdock, even though he has nothing to do with it, which is kind of fun. Um, and it, it was interesting because like the cops have Matt Murdock surrounded and. Uh, this new transfer of the cop that's been hunting him. I was like, all right, let's bring him in. And everyone's all the cops are like, Hey man, this guy saved us. This guy did this. As far as we're concerned, he's police too. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this town's crazy. So then it ends up being like this boxing match in the middle. while the cops are watching uh, between this detective and, and Matt Murdoch. And, you know, unfortunately for Matt, he's, he's too injured to, to really put up a, a solid fight against this guy. And he cuffs him and he's about to unmask him publicly, and and the other cops actually stop him and say like, look, we don't perp walk cops, so like you know you got to take him in and everything, but like we'll do that at the station. So like they throw him in the cruiser, and all of a sudden there's like a barrage of gunfire from the roof, like just shooting up the ve- police vehicles, drawing their attention, smoke gas, everything, and the uh, the detective goes to. Uh, to stop uh, Matt from escaping and uh, he's strong armed and seemingly killed. And you're like, Whoa, what, what's going on? And uh, <laughs> final page splash page, you see Matt coming, uh, waking up and he's all patched up and it's the punisher who's there. And he's like, he's like the, the exact dialogue is, but even better than that, you've, you've seen the light and it's like, you just see the skull on the t-shirt and everything. Oh Jesus! And I'm like, nice. this is so awesome. Like, <laughs> I love, I always love the dynamic between Matt Murdock and and, and Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I'm getting like my Frank Castle kick these days, like right for the crazy cosmic Ghost Rider version, yeah. and now the the Punisher uh, vigilante version. And well, that's cool because I think the Punisher works as a character that pops in and out of different stories. For sure. Having him on his own, I think, has always been a hard thing to kind of swallow. But having him just appear and just like come and go, I think, is much more effective. He's and it reminds proper, you he's out there. He's a proper foil, right? Like, yeah. 
when when it's 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 always like when you uh, I think of it this way it's like the TV show Friends was great as an ensemble but then you try to spin off Joey and it doesn't work. It, <laughs> the Punisher has had great, great solo runs but they always run out of steam because it's one note like there's only so much you can do with him mm-hmm. hunting down a criminal and ultimately killing them. Yeah. So like that's why I think Cosmic Ghost Rider works for now because it's taking that that character and flipping it on its head. Uh, but it also works when he pops up in other stories. Now I'm glad that he's not wearing War Machine's armor or anything, any nonsense like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank God I that Punisher's gone. Man, I'm just loving this Daredevil run. It's three issues in, and it's the book I look forward to the most right now. Yeah, you turn into a big Zdarsky fan. Did you did you read the? I can't remember if you his read the spectacular. Or his two in one, uh, no. his Marvel's two in one with the Human Torch. You know what's funny is you always recommended it, and I never got to it. Oh, you got to check it out. So I'm I'm probably now Definitely. knowing that he's the writer of that. I'm, I'm I think I might have to go back and check that out. I may have to go also finish his spectacular Spider-Man run. Um, yeah. Because I didn't I didn't really read that either. I read an issue here or there. I think at the beginning. Um. But uh, yeah, no, his his Daredevil. He's 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 got the right voice for this book and it it's brought me back to the the bendis brew baker time uh, of the nice. character which is where i really most love daredevil well, i'll have to um, go back and check this one out I, I think i only read issue one i don't know that i've read issue two and three yet i'm curious so to see to what you think um, but uh, i'm really enjoying this one okay i'll definitely have to check those out so i uh, think we've ran on long enough here for you i hope you guys are still listening uh so i'm gonna kind of wrap it up uh so uh you know you can always follow us at comics terminal on twitter and all the social media uh, outlets uh terminal velocity comic comic book podcast or you can write us an email uh with a comment or question at terminal velocity podcast at gmail.com uh, or leave a writing uh, and review, and uh, we'll read it out on on the air. Uh, if we get any of those in, you can leave that at iTunes um, or on any of your other podcatchers of choice. Yeah, awesome. Sounds good. So, um, you know, like, rate, subscribe, all that jazz. Yeah, we will see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.